You're listening to Comedy Central. From Miami, the cultural capital of Florida, or whatever that's worth, it's The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Democlips 2018. It's the closest we could get to Mar-a-Lago. Ears edition. Take a seat, everybody. Take a seat. Our guest tonight, CNN political commentator, Miami's very own Anna Navarro is here, everybody. We're going to have a lot of fun with her. But let's get into the show. This is it. Night three in Miami. And, and And tonight isn't just any night. It's Halloween. Yeah. Which is a super exciting night, right? Especially if you're a kid. Because you can just walk up to any stranger's house and get candy, right? Except President Obama's house, because you show up there dressed like a ghost, and you'd be like, boo! And he'd be like, uh, don't boo, vote. <laughs> and Michelle pops out and gives you some zucchini. Damn, this sucks. Now, in, in the rest of America, Halloween is a chance to dress up super sexy, right? You get in your sexy little costumes. But here in Miami, it's weird, because that's just Tuesday for you guys. No, because like y'all dress sexy every day. Every single day. So here's what I think. I think for Halloween, what you guys need to do is you should have the unsexy version of things, right? Like, yeah, like you need like a, like a modest lifeguard costume, right? Or like a frumpy cheerleader. Or how about like a, like a conservative stripper? That would be dope. Yeah, just change. Amazing grace. No clothes come off. Only erections of the heart. <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest with you guys. Can I be honest? Like, because of stand your ground laws, I don't know how anyone can enjoy Halloween in Florida. No, because the law is that someone can shoot you if you frighten them. That's the whole point of Halloween. You dress scary, you go to people's houses, and you rob them of candy. I feel like in Florida, it doesn't matter what you dress as, you're leaving as a ghost. That's what that means. Like, just to be on the safe side for Halloween, I just walk around with my hands up the whole time. That's all I do. Hands up. People are like, what are you supposed to be? A live mother <laughs> I'm not about to get shot for some candy. I'm not getting shot for some candy. What's that? King size Reese's? All right, shoot me in the leg. Shoot me in the leg. And you know what amazes me about America as a whole is that every single year on Halloween, there's always somebody who's not happy with just being sexy Dracula or sexy Frankenstein. No, they've got to take it too far. A father in Kentucky has been criticized for dressing his five-year-old son up as Hitler. The Halloween costume was posted on social media by Bryant Goldbach. He says originally he did it for historical purposes, but now admits this was probably a bad idea. Not everybody has the devotion to living history that I have, it's, I don't know how else to put it. Okay, first off, 
I don't think we should be calling that a costume, all right? That was a uniform, okay? <laughs> Costumes are things you can buy at Walmart. That shit is something you discover in a storage unit in Argentina. That's what that was. <laughs> and can I say, can I just say, it's pretty clever how he dressed himself up as a regular Nazi, but dressed his kid as Hitler. It's like he just wanted an excuse in case things went wrong. He'd be like, look, I was just following orders. I mean, he came up with the master plan. That's not me. There's just so many reasons that it's a terrible idea to dress a little kid as Hitler. Like, someone could see the kid walking around and be like, baby Hitler, this is my chance. Oh, oh, and speaking, and speaking of baby Hitler, uh, President Trump is in the news again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, don't boo, vote, here's some asparagus. <laughs> this time, President Trump is in the news. He doesn't need a special day to scare people. He does it every day. And, and his latest trick, his latest trick has everyone spooked. President Trump believes his signature is enough to stop what's known as birthright citizenship, established in the 14th Amendment, which says all persons born or naturalized in the United States are citizens. They're saying I can do it just with an executive order. Now, how ridiculous, we're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, and it has to end. Wow, so Trump, so Trump, Trump plans to single-handedly change the Constitution. That's like hearing that War and Peace is gonna be edited by Guy Fieri. That's what that sounds like to me. Because basically, Trump wants to make it so that if your parents aren't American, and then you're born here, you won't automatically be American anymore. And honestly, part of me thinks that Trump is only doing this because he's hoping it'll kick his kids out. <laughs> it's just like, he's just gonna be out there like, sorry, Eric, so sorry, Eric. Your mom was an immigrant, you gotta go, Eric. You gotta go. Say, God, Dad, come on. That's not fair, Dad. That's not fair, how come Ivanka gets to stay? There's a hotness exception. I didn't write the law, but you totally did. Take him away, boys, take him back to Mexico. Now obviously, obviously, let's be real, folks. Uh, you don't need to be a genius to realize that Trump's not talking about babies that come from Norwegian VJJs, no. <laughs> He wants to white out the Constitution so that he can whiten America. That's what he's planning to do here. Unfortunately, though, for him, unfortunately for him, there are some people who read who disagree with him. Of course, he can't do that. The reason? The Constitution. It's very clear that an executive order or executive action cannot do it by itself. I'm also a constitutional law professor, and by no means could the president unilaterally amend the Constitution. Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan said the president cannot change current law by himself. Well, you obviously cannot do that. Uh, you cannot end birthright citizenship with an executive order. Wow. Paul Ryan finally standing up to Donald Trump? Wow. Wow. I guess... I guess for Halloween, he's going at someone with balls. Look at that. Damn, Paul Ryan. Damn. So look, as spooky as this Donald Trump news is, like most things on Halloween, it's scary when it first pops out at you, but on closer inspection, it's some bullshit. We'll be right back. Sounds Miami. You guys are amazing. Give it up for yourselves. 
Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Republican strategist, CNN commentator, and longtime resident of Miami. Please welcome Anna Navarro. Before, before you sit down, before you sit down, in case people missed it, can we, what does that say? Okay. Yeah, you know, since it's Halloween, I thought I'd come dressed as a first lady who really does care. Oh. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, it's been a while. Welcome Thank you to for my, being here. Bienvenido a Miami. Oh, muchas gracias. Have you had Cuban coffee? Have I had? Cuban coffee. I've had Cuban coffee, I've had Cuban sandwiches, I've had um, Cuban friends, I've had Cuban nights out, <laughs> Cuban everything. Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is quite a time. You know, you know what's interesting is, I mean, I have a lot of people who come to the show and we talk about politics, and a lot of the time, I, I won't lie, many of the people who come to The Daily Show have political views that match with mine or the audience, but you're in an interesting position because you are a Republican. Are you still a Republican? You know, here's the thing. I was a Republican when Donald Trump was a Democrat. I was a Republican when Donald Trump was an independent. And I'm a Republican now that he's pretending to be a Republican and so many other Republicans are enabling him and allowing him to pretend. So that, that, that presents an interesting dilemma for you and for many Republicans out there, right? Because a day like today is like Paul Ryan. Yeah, a day like today is a perfect example. So you, you have Donald Trump who comes out and says, I wanna change the Constitution. I wanna say that birthright citizenship is uh, no longer part of the 14th Amendment. And Paul Ryan comes out and says, hey, that's, that's not uh, something that you can do. That's unethical, it's impeachable. And Donald Trump replied, and he said to Paul Ryan, um, you need to focus on maintaining the House. I'm gonna do what the new Republican Party needs to be done. And that's, no, hold on, hold on. That's, that's an interesting space for many people to be in because it does feel like in some ways Donald Trump is redefining what the Republican Party is all about. What does that mean to you? Look, I think Donald Trump in a very short time, in less than two years, has redefined the Republican Party. He has redefined the presidency. It is now a place that is used to bully other Americans. It is a place that is used to lie and spread fear. And he has changed America. He has changed the country. He has polarized us in a way that's much greater than we were already. Right. He has fabricated culture wars. He has sown discord. And he's handed the keys to the kingdom to the Russians. So... But I, I, I grew up, you know, to answer your question, look, I grew up in a Republican Party, and many of us here in Miami understand this, where uh, it, it was, you know, we, we tried to be more inclusive, tried to win, have a bigger tent. Dinosaurs were not roaming the earth when George W. Bush got 44% of the Hispanic vote. That was way before they were doing things right. like separating children at the border and putting them in little pens. If you, if you, look, at, if you look at the situation that that America's in now, in many ways you see Donald Trump and his effect mirrored in politics on a local level. You know, for many Republican politicians, it has now become a clear choice. Either you are with Donald Trump mm -hmm. 
or you have to see a way out of the Republican Party. And people like Jeff Flake have chosen that. People like Paul Ryan are saying, like, I'm out of the game. Um, and then you have people like politicians locally, like DeSantis, who have run specifically on a message of, I am everything that Trump embodies. Are you seeing that connecting with people? Certainly, certainly so in primaries. Look, um, Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump's parasitic twin. But for Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis would not have won the Republican primary. Right. And even after the primary, instead of distancing himself from Trump, as for example, Rick Scott has done, who's treating him like a Zika mosquito, <laughs> Ron DeSantis embraces him. Uh, Donald Trump is going to be rallying for Ron DeSantis in Florida today, and again before the elections. And so he's, you know, he's modeled himself as a mini-Trump. He is now saying that he too agrees with uh, repealing the 14th Amendment through executive order, which right. is ridiculous and unconstitutional. And uh, that's just the way he's playing. Look, Donald Trump had so much to do on both sides in deciding primaries. Often the ones who won in Republican primaries were the ones who embraced him the most, mm -hmm. and the ones who won in Democratic primaries were the ones who opposed him and confronted him the most. And, you know, unfortunately, many of the Republicans, so many of the Republicans who tried to stand up to Trump, who tried to rebuke him when he merited it, uh, are either retiring, like Flake, have lost elections, or have died. And so you are, you are left with a Republican Party that is more and more like Trump and that depends on him and knows him more. If Ron DeSantis wins in Florida, he owes it to Donald Trump. He is indebted to Donald Trump. At that point, Donald Trump owns the guy. But then here's a question I have for you as a Republican who says you've been a Republican your whole life. We always speak about it as if Donald Trump operates in isolation, as if politicians operate in isolation, but somebody has to vote for them. True. And if Republican voters are voting for these people and Republicans are choosing people who go with Trump, Republicans are choosing to oust people like Jeff Flake, choosing to oust people who stand up to Donald Trump, then do you think that maybe there was a side of the Republican Party that either you were not seeing or you were choosing to not see? Both. Both. And um, look, there were 15, I think two things happened. I think you're right. I think there was a shift in the base and a, and a side of it that many of us didn't see, including the 15 other Republicans who ran for the Republican primary, people like Jeb Bush, people like John Kasich. But I also think Trump brought out a, uh, a, a different type of people, a different class of people. He brought out people who had not been engaged in politics right. before, who had not been motivated to vote. Well, we saw that with the mail bomber, funny enough. People said he wasn't political, and then Donald Trump ignited something in him. So he, look, I, I think... <laughs> that was not intended. I'm, that was not, sorry. Excuse the pun. The, um, you know, like him or not, I think he has awoken something in America on both sides. Uh, I think, you know, he has brought out people on one side but on the other, you know, on the Democratic side, we're also seeing people more engaged. We're seeing candidates running for the first time. We're seeing more LGBTQ people of color, women, running as candidates because, because they got uh, energized, because they got enraged, and because they decided to be part of the process. I think you, 
uh, you owe the Me Too movement in large part to Donald Trump and women who said, you know, because women were silent and didn't talk about the Donald Trump issues before, right. we ended up with him as president. And, and that ignited a frustration and anger in women that motivated them to speak up and not remain silent and, you know, and, and, and stick together in numbers. So when you look at, let's just say, Florida itself, let's look at the, the, the governor's race. You look at a race between Andrew Gillum, Ron DeSantis, and you see Gillum uh, exciting people in a different way. You see people who are engaged with him, not just on policy, but also in the way that he actually, in, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess conveys his message. When you look at that race as a Republican in Miami, what do you make of it? Look, I, you know, for me, it's a, for me I'm a centrist. I'm a moderate Republican, I'm a centrist. And so when I look at that race, on the one hand, I've got Ron DeSantis, who is increasingly, or forget increasingly, he's not an option. And on the other hand, I've got Andrew Gillum, who is a progressive Democrat, who is much further to the left than I am on policy issues. I had not met him before, I met him a couple of days ago, and I gotta tell you something, Part of the reason that guy is awakening something is because he's likable. I had forgotten what it was like to have a likable person <laughs> running in Florida. He, he's, uh, you know, he could charm a cat out of a tree. He actually likes people. He, you know, he's relatable. He tells jokes. He smiles. He inspires. He's working through a message of, of unity and being positive. And so, you know, look, I think... I think it's a, it's a huge contrast that Florida voters have to choose from. They're, they're going to have to choose from a message of fear mm -hmm. and uh, scare tactics. Like for example, one of the things that, that's got me really upset um, in the last few days is, and I know there's somebody here from Venezuela, Donald Trump is out there saying that Andrew Gillum and by the way, he's also saying it about Beto O'Rourke in Texas. But he's saying that Andrew Gillum is going to turn Florida into Venezuela. Right. People are dying in Venezuela. It is ruled by a murderous dictator who beats, kills, jails, harasses his opponents, who expropriates property. There is no food in Venezuela. There is no medicine in Venezuela. People are starving. It is a dictatorship. So to be... to, to to incite that level of fear in people and to cheapen the trauma of the Venezuelan exiles who live here in Florida, the Nicaraguan exiles, the Cuban exiles who have actually fled communism, who have suffered under those systems by casually and cavalierly saying Andrew Gillum is going to turn Florida into Venezuela. Well, if he does, we've got a real problem because you know what? We've got a Republican legislature in Florida. We got a conservative Supreme Court in Florida. We've got checks and balances in Florida. That is not going to happen. And I hope Florida voters reject a campaign of fear mongering and scare tactics. We can't fall for that again. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you. Always wonderful having you. Anna Navarro, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast.